Welcome, welcome, paranormal experiencers and cryptid enthusiasts. We are the Bizarre Crew. I'm Shane. I'm Orm. And I'm Jenny. And if you guys want to share your bizarre experiences with us, we'd love to hear them. You can catch us on um, Instagram. Our email is bizarreencounters at outlook.com. We'll read anything you guys want to share with us. Or if you don't want us to share it on air, we'll just uh, keep it for our own personal research. But any of uh, our listeners' bizarre encounters, we'd love to hear. And uh, if you guys would like to be a guest on the show, uh, we definitely would love to sit down and have a conversation with you and dissect your bizarre encounters. If you're a researcher, we would definitely love to talk to you. And uh, going on to what he said, if you're somebody that, uh, you know, you just want to share your story, but you don't want to necessarily be on a show, we'd be more than happy to read in the beginning. So uh, just make sure that you verify if you which way you want to go about it, and uh, we'll get rolling from there. But uh, before we get into the show today, uh, you know, we got to do the front of house stuff, and I'll try to do it as quick as possible because I'm sure you guys have gotten to a point where you hear this way too often, but, uh, you know, I, I guess still got to run through it for all the Virgin listeners. So uh, if you guys don't mind doing it, uh, feel free to drop us a review on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Share with a friend. Uh, that's the best ways to help the show grow, and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, you can pop in on our social media, and uh, we're the most active on Instagram, but we also do have a Discord and a Telegram set up, so if you guys want, you can pop in there. You can have some awesome conversations with some awesome people. Uh, if you guys want to have early access to episodes or going on in the future, hopefully uh, some live episodes access, uh, you guys can come and check out the Patreon. Uh, with that too, you don't just get uh, Bizarre Encounters. You get access with everything with uh, Bite Size Bizarreities, Increase of Our Reality, and uh, probably building up even more content on there. And it'll just be an all over uh, Open Minds Media page. So uh, it's not just one show you guys get. You guys are going to get some awesome stuff. And going on in the future, we're just going to keep building it up and giving you guys some more awesome content. Uh, if you guys love the show and you guys want to rep our logos, we definitely appreciate it. And we would hope that you'd send in some pictures if you do do that, because we'd love to repost you on the page. But uh, you can go and get that stuff over at our uh, Teespring store. Uh, there we have um, our B Bizarre Encounters logo. We have the Bite Size Bizarre's logos. We have different variations of that with being on the front and the back or just being big logos on the front. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, definitely pop over there and check that out. Uh, while you're checking that out, if you want to get yourself some more awesome, awesome merch, uh, <clears throat> Go and check out uh, Joe over there at Crypto Theology. He's got cryptid designs. He's got paranormal designs. He's got uh, alien designs. He's got it all covered, man. This dude's got some awesome designs. They're all original stuff that he's done. Uh, his parody stuff, I mean, you know, it's original because he redraws it and does it in his own shape 
own way. But again, all original, amazing art. So definitely go just go do yourself a favor and go and check that stuff out. Uh, we also do have uh, collab designs with him. Uh, we should be having some more go on in the future, but we'll definitely give you guys updates on when that stuff happens. And uh, more often than not, anytime we drop a new design that way, we'll be doing a giveaway. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open for uh, for the giveaways going into the future. And every link we've mentioned is in the link tree in the show description. So tonight's guest is Tina Anderson, the creator and head investigator of Phantom Paranormal. They're located out of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, which should ring a bell for all of our cryptid enthusiasts out there. Uh, Phantom Paranormal specializes in ghost tours and on-site investigations. Tina's been investigating the paranormal for many years and has a long history of high strangeness experiences. Uh, she was previously a guest on Shane's um, Inquiries of Our Reality podcast, and we're excited to have her join us for the first time here on Bizarre Encounters. So, uh, Tina, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. So, uh, kind of starting off at, he gave you an awesome introduction, of course, but kind of breaking it down from the beginning, uh, why, don't we, why don't you kind of tell the listeners about what got you rolling with uh, Paranormal Investigating and what kind of started your interest in it? Well, I've always been interested in the paranormal. It just fascinates me. And when I go to do investigations, it's just exciting. People always ask me, do you get scared? Does it frighten you? I don't like to be in the dark. It's like, no, it's complete opposite for me. I am so happy when I do these things and I get so excited and I'm just happy in the dark with the night vision camera. I don't use flashlights or anything like that. And with all my devices, I really don't need anything else. So uh, kind of going back to the beginning, uh, why don't you kind of break down your first uh, paranormal investigation and what exactly went down on your on your first investigation? My first investigation, um, since I seen you or, or did the podcast with you or the very, very, very beginning. Uh, very beginning, because uh, a lot of the listeners may not have listened to our old one that we did. So just kind of give them like an idea starting from the beginning. I believe it was a cemetery, if I can remember correctly. And it was me and a friend, and we went to the Spring Grove Cemetery over in Delavan, Wisconsin. And it's a really big cemetery. And we were walking around in the dark with just one night vision camera. And uh, we used an ovulus, which is a, a word dictionary that ghosts can just pick words out of to communicate with you. And we used that and all kinds of different words picked up on that thing, like uh, dead, soul, just all kinds of words that happen to deal with the dead. And we actually seen orbs flying around. We seen all kinds of apparitions. It was just so cool. Cool, cool. Uh, so, Tina, um, I listened to y'all's previous episode, and I remember uh, you telling a story about your grandparents' house growing up and um, how, like, your sister would just, like, stare into the mirror at your grandparents' yeah. house, and uh, how that house always had a, a weird feeling. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to our episode last week with uh, my partner and our co-host here, Jenny, but she had a lot of kind of strange paranormal experiences that we now believe might have had something to do with 
mirrors acting as maybe like a portal. And something yes. we've kind of researched is this idea that physical objects can be portals or anchor objects. So I was just kind of curious what your thoughts on that is. Well, I've had a lot of experiences with mirrors and we've come to find out that they do act as portals, um, at least in our eyes as investigators. Um, a lot of people like us end up staring into mirrors for just like sometimes hours just get lost in our own head. I mean, you can sometimes see faces in it and shadows and all kinds of things and you just stare off to space and we believe that some spirits come through those portals. Sorry. Objects can have attachments. I wouldn't necessarily say portals unless it's a very strong, very strong, um, like, attachment. Okay, so uh, what do you think allows these entities to attach to these objects? Because, uh, you know, the whole paranormal ghost side of thing is... Uh, not really my area of study or expertise, so I'm always excited to learn new things about this. And uh, it seems like something that I've come across, and I think uh, maybe you even mentioned it in the previous episode, was about uh, like haunted dolls. Like, why do you think dolls tend to be haunted so often? That is a very hot object. Uh, it seems to be previous owners that attach to dolls which is very interesting because every time I deal with dolls my partner gets terrified one of my partners um team member she her name is Liz Birick and she gets terrified because we, we were at a place in Delavan doing an investigation and we went downstairs in the basement and we were just doing our thing and she went into another room as me and we had our walkie talkies and she started freaking out she's like you need to come here now I was like okay and I ran over there and I looked down and she's pointing and there's a doll you know, the dolls that open their eyes and shut their eyes. It was laying down and their eye, her eyes were just opening and shutting, opening and shutting, opening and shutting. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. But getting that kind of evidence just excites invest investigators. It's just pure gold to us. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, no problem. Um, I would I would kind of like to go back and talk about um, your experience with mirrors a little bit because I had a mirror that was my mother's and my grandmother's and it it always acted up in times of where there was stress or, stress or, or turmoil going on or um, 
like right after a death or right after I got divorced? Do you, do you know anything about that sort of stuff? Usually stress, sickness, um, stuff like that. That usually brings on more spirits, um, more ill-mannered spirits, especially because they're drawn to it. And you think so if you get perhaps sick, they uh, feed off the negative energy associated yes. with all those situations? Yes, definitely, definitely. I just lost my mom and the feeling in the oh, house. I'm so and sorry. Thank you. But the, the energy in the house, the feeling in the house, and the investigation I did just using two devices during the day when my dad was home, it you could hear a voice and you could just feel the negative energy. And right before she passed away, you could feel the good and the bad. It was just, they're drawn to it. Okay, I've heard that before, and that definitely makes sense. Yeah, especially with mirrors. So, um, when you're doing your investigations, uh, what is what's like your standard equipment that you use, and uh, what's your what's like your intention with each of the different pieces of equipment that you use? Uh, we use the first thing we usually start with is the EMF reader, which is an electronic magnetic field meter. Um, and then we usually go to the EVP, electronic voice phenomena, which records, um, we usually ask questions or go silent. When we ask questions or go silent, when we play it back, we could usually hear spirits and knocking and stuff like that. Um, and then we use the ovulus, which is a word dictionary. For the spirits to come and ask, you know, pick words to talk to us. Uh, night vision cameras. This is essential for a paranormal investigator. And then we use a bionic ear. And uh, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, motion sensor lights. Those are really fun. Um, we use... Uh, what are they called? Um, where is it? Oh, I can't think of the word. Uh, flashlights, night vision flashlights, to have the spirits turn them on and off to answer questions for us. Usually they like to manipulate them, and they don't even touch the button. They just go on and off to answer yes or no questions. And then we have these balls that they can roll around. And we have a thermocam and an SLS cam. I have programs on my phone for those, and they work perfectly. Uh, I think uh, Jenny had a question about some of the equipment you use, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing some of your experiences with us. Well, the only one I didn't I didn't hear you mention um, is um, a spirit box. Have you ever worked with? Oh those? yes, that's okay. the one I that's the one I couldn't remember the name of. Okay, is at the tip of my tongue. Yes, I have a spirit box, and that's something that they use high frequency to speak to you through the spirit box. 
Starbucks, yes. Yes, do you, what, what's your favorite? I'm still messing around with it a little bit. I haven't had very much success, but what's your um, your favorite way to run it? Forwards, backwards, AM, FM? I usually use AM, okay. and I usually go forward at a fast speed. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. and, for, and for anyone who doesn't know what the spirit box is, basically... It, it cycles through, uh, and Tina, you tell me if I mess any of this up because I'm kind of doing okay. this. It cycles okay. through radio stations at, a, at whatever pace you want it to, but it's generally fast, and you, you hear stuff. The spirits, entities will speak words through it. Did I kind of get that right? Yes, and they can actually say, like, sentences and... Anything they want to say to you, they could say to you. Okay. Have you um, have you ever tried, um, they call it the Estes method, where you kind of try to block out your sensories with the mask and all that? Actually, it's really hard for me to block out my sensories because I'm a medium. So it's kind of. Oh, okay. Okay. Very cool. All right. Yeah. It's hard to block out my senses. <laughs> Especially if I'm at an investigation. Okay. So uh, going into your investigations, of course, and using some of this equipment, um, I'd like to hear about some of your most, uh, I guess, prolific moments using some of this stuff, especially the one with the flashlights. I'd like to hear if you, uh, what, what kind of experiences you've had using the flashlights and also using the uh, motion sensor lights. Oh, my gosh. The motion sensor lights. <laughs> Those are fun. <laughs> um. We were at my investigator, Lissa's house, and her daughter didn't like going in her bedroom, okay? So I put a motion sensor light in her bedroom, in her closet, and I sat there forever, and then finally I just decided to ask questions, and I had the camera down on the floor, and it started going on and off. And it would go on for yes questions. So I sat there because you have to go up to it at least like three feet or two feet and move like your hand around or get real close to it for it to turn up. And I was a good 10, 15 feet away from it. So I had the camera on it and I'd ask questions and it would turn on for yes. And it was really weird because it's supposed to stay on for like 30 seconds and it would shut off like right away. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it did that for a good hour. It was pretty cool. That was my favorite time with it. Or when it goes on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off, and they won't answer any questions and they just sit there and mess with you and keep turning it on and off, on and off, on and off. Sitting there trying to troll you, just flicking the button. <laughs> is no. it yes? Is it no? It's a maybe. <laughs> There's no button. It's just you just go around it and like move your hand around it or something. And it was like they're moving their hand and like they were controlling it, you know? It was crazy. The only button there is is to shut it off. So they had to be using a lot of force to move the button to turn it on and off. Or they were manipulating the batteries. 
Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, so do you think these spirits or entities or whatever you want to call them, do you think they can physically manipulate physical matter things in our reality? Or do you think they are just uh, manipulating the electromagnetic fields or energy or whatever you want to call it? Well, or some combination of the two, perhaps? Well, they drain batteries. They could throw stuff. They can move stuff. I mean, it's crazy. They can manipulate stuff. They could turn on toys. I mean, it's crazy what they can do. So there is a very real physical aspect of this phenomenon. This isn't just, you know, it seems to me like um, something I've heard in a lot of research here lately is the idea that... Um, people can be haunted more so than locations uh, and like maybe things aren't haunted in the He's traditional here. yeah um, there's also like they could touch you and scratch you and bite you pull your hair there's a real it's real and some people don't think it is and people will be like oh you're not doing anything it's just not real ghosts aren't real and then they go out on the field with me and listen to the evps and they're like oh my god <laughs> much more real when you're uh, really experiencing it right yeah <laughs> so for anybody that may not be a believer in the supernatural um what are what, what's probably your your top experience that you've personally had that uh you feel like just would completely get that idea out of people's minds like what, what's what's like the craziest thing that you've ever experienced doing your paranormal research Ooh, that's a tough one uh, hey, if you um, have a couple stories we're more than happy to hear hear a few stories <laughs> well one is when i went to a theater that's being renovated in delavan okay and <laughs> I had to go there and do an investigation with one guy that was helping me. And we went <laughs> we went there and we were sitting on the stage because there's still the stage there. And I was doing an EVP, asking questions, and all of a sudden you hear talking. And I looked at him I was like did you hear that he's like yeah I was like you realize we're the only ones in here right and he looked at me just wide eyed like oh yeah and I started laughing and then we go upstairs and I wasn't thinking anything of it and something just lifted my hair up like all the way up and dropped it and I actually kind of freaked out a little bit I was like, what in the world? Because I was by myself in the dark going up a shallow hallway, <laughs> a stairwell, I mean. And you couldn't even see with the night vision camera. So it was really freaking me out. Now that's, that's, that's super scary. But on that note, I, um, I'm curious, have you ever brought something home with you? Brought a hitchhiker or... Something you know, they say that that happens, and I truly believe that. 
Um, I've had many attachments. Okay. Yeah, I've had one possession when I was oh, wow. doing a when I was doing my ghost tour, and I looked at. Uh, Liz helps me a lot with the ghost tour. She's also my best friend. Um, we're sitting on the stairs of the library where we meet everybody because that's one of our top spots. And I looked at her, I guess, and I don't remember it, but she told me and she's like, you turned and looked at me and said, are you scared yet? Wow. And my eyes were black, and I had a weird look on my face. And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> wow. And she actually, she actually ran home. She didn't get a ride from me. <laughs> she was like, "No, thank you. I'm gonna walk home." <laughs> she just left you there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you? What brought you out of that? Who helped you? Did it just stop on its own? No, I was able to come in and out of it, and I cleansed myself. So, what and did my, that process entail? Um, sage and um, holy water. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, another question for you. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I've gotten pretty good at doing that. <laughs> well, b before we move on, um, that's a big thing, right? About um, uh, protecting yourself, going into these situations with in a certain way. Uh, I've heard it uh, bubbling yourself. Um, what kind of things yes. do you do when you go out into this, these sort of situations? Well, I usually use uh, sage and a, a Wiccan prayer because I'm, Wiccan. And then after I cleanse myself and do the same thing, but a protection or cleansing um, spell, and then I do another protection spell. Okay. Very cool. Um, I've got one more quick question before I throw it back over to Shane, if you don't mind. Um, in your previous episode, and I apologize, I don't remember uh, for sure if you said it was your apartment building or your partner's um, apartment building, but there was a, some shadow people type activity there and poltergeist activity, and you saw entities or spirits or whatnot lurking in closets. Um, that's kind of similar to a lot of things uh, Jenny has experienced. And I was just wondering kind of what your thoughts were on, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that these shadow people entities aren't what we would traditionally think of as ghosts. They're not the spirit of a dead person. This could be something else entirely. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, they're not spirits per se, they are like something not from here. Basically. I tend to agree with you just in my bit of research in these topics. Yeah. Um, the last one I seen, I'm working via online and phone uh, electronically. This is my second one doing it this way, which um, have been successful. Uh, we did some video in the bedroom, and there's a shadow figure 
crossing along the uh, ceiling and wall wow. of her bedroom, and I can send that to Shane. Yeah, absolutely. And he can, if he does a video or whatever, he can throw it up there. That's awesome. Thank you. So, uh, kind of going into the shadow people thing. Um, so we'll probably dig into it in a future episode, but, if, um, I've, I've of course had a lot of different shadow people experiences through my life. And, uh, one of them in particular was one that had green eyes. So from like your research, uh, have you ever seen or heard of anything about different variations or different colors of eyes, meaning different things? And then as a kind of a second part to that question also, um, I've kind of theorized a little bit about there theoretically being, I guess you could call it a dimension. You could essentially call it, uh, there would be like the void where it's like a dark dimension where there's not anything that necessarily has like a physical shape. It's uh, just kind of like a, like a purgatory, almost like a, like a void dimension. And so like my idea is that theoretically like shadow people could come from that dimension and they're not necessarily like shaped like people. They're more of like taking the shape of something that seems familiar because they're trying to come into this dimension from their empty purgatory type dimension. Um, kind of, but I wouldn't say it's like a dimension. I would say it's more like purgatory or more like between heaven and hell, basically. So the because, void is probably a more fitting name for like how to describe it then? Yeah, because I believe they're not human. So it's, they're not human. They may be like demon and they may not be demon i mean it all depends on your perspective but i believe they're just not from here because every time that i see them when they have colored eyes they're not nice they're not nice what uh what color eyes have you seen and had experiences with and uh, like, what what exactly was like their their like energy that they're giving off? Because the one that I saw in particular with the green eyes, it kind of watched from a distance, but it never really gave me like a like an evil feeling or like it was trying trying to come after me or like it was trying to do anything evil. It was more of like a like a watcher feeling. So I'm just curious yes, if you've had yeah. uh, kind of an idea with you know possibly green eyes, but maybe like if different color eyes might have kind of like something to do with possibly their intentions. Well, I've come across red and orange and those ones have not been kind um the green ones seem to be more territorial but they don't seem to harm anybody they just seem to be like a watchful eye i had one of those in a client's closet and it was just watchful. It didn't move. It didn't do anything. It was just kind of standing there. So, Tina, uh, something you just said I thought was really interesting about the red-eyed entities seem to be more malevolent. Uh, that kind of sparked in my brain. You know, with a lot of cryptid reports, we hear about these creatures having glowing red eyes, Mothman or, you know, a lot of Dogman, even some Sasquatch. Uh, reports yes. say they have glowing red eyes. Uh, so I don't know if there's any kind of connection there or what that connection is. It was just something that I thought was very interesting as you were telling your story. It seems to be like creatures and stuff like that that have you know, something that's malevolent, something that's ill-mannered. 
you know, stuff like that. It seems like they have red or orange eyes. It is the strangest thing. I almost wonder if there's like a connection between all of them that uh, rather than it necessarily being like a dogman or like a Sasquatch or anything like that. Um, like, of course, there is those that phenomenon. And more often than not, they kind of have different colored eyes. And when you do come across the red ones, they act a little bit different. So I'm almost kind of curious if yeah. it's like a mimic thing or if maybe it is potentially like these things or shadow people, whatever you want to call them, coming from the void and possibly taking different shapes. And maybe some are able to yeah. like project their image more than others can, where some can only barely come into this reality. And that's where you get the faint image where it's just the dark shadow. And maybe some are stronger or been doing it longer. And those ones can like almost like fully create themselves into whatever they choose to be in this reality. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one because the one that I'm doing over the electronics is like a shadow, not like a figure. It's just like a black shadow that goes, you know, across the ceiling and wall. And then the one at the apartment that I did that was in the closet was more human type looking. So I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. The more stronger they are, the more they can form themselves, it seems like. So I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. And then uh, adding on to that one, too, um, do you obviously kind of like people, too, that they may not all have the same intentions. So, of course, there's probably going to be evil ones altogether that are here to try to drain energy or whatever they're trying to do. And there might be other ones that, uh, you know, are here trying to, I don't want to say just observe or be territorial or anything like that, but maybe maybe they're trying to get a message through. Um, have you ever had any experiences of, like, positive, uh, or know of any experiences, I guess, of, like, positive, like, shadow person interactions, at least from, you know, people who have talked to you? Um, I haven't heard of any, honestly, but... Uh, people usually call me when there's negative, so um, <laughs> I haven't come across good ones, honestly, but um, yeah, I haven't heard of one, honestly. <laughs> um, so that kind of brings up a question from me. I've, I've heard, I've also experienced that something that might start with shadow people it then brings in other things that are a little bit stronger, like um, yeah. you progress to, is, is that, is that how it kind of goes in your work? Um, well, there's a lot of negative spirits and they're not all shadow figures. And that's the thing. Um, I've come across good spirits. I've come across not so good spirits and I've come across demons and I've come across just evil spirits and I've come across just mean people <laughs> mean spirits you know <laughs> and I don't like the the demons at all I don't those freak me out a little bit but it well, excites I me at the same time I'm like okay let's go towards it <laughs> What, um, so you keep mentioning demons. What's like, what's one of your stories or maybe your weirdest story or just a story you, you like to share? Well, I, uh, okay. So I went to, a, um, a client's house and went into 
a bedroom that it was a child's bedroom. And I was doing a uh, EVP session and a SLS session, which it shows the figure of the uh, spirits and whatnot. And I was looking up at the toy shelf and I see this creature crouched down, like trying to hide from me. But it was crouched down, like all the way down. And so I got the EVP recorder out. And I started asking questions. When I played it back, it was like growling and hissing at me. And I asked if it was like evil or whatever. And it said demon. And I got the ovulus out. And it was saying like hell and demon and death and all that kind of stuff. And so I had to cleanse that house. The entire house. Like when you cleanse a house, you have to do the entire house. And you have to open up one window or one door to push it all out. And a lot of people get it wrong and say you have to open the back door and the front door. No, you have to open one door. <laughs> so they can't get back in? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, when I clean with Sage, I definitely open just one door and Sage in that that direction. We're pushing yes. it towards this door. <laughs> From um, the back to the front. Yes, yes. So you mentioned, um, I know I'm going to butcher the word, ovulus, what, what's the, the typewriter situation? The ovulus is a okay. It is a digital dictionary that okay. ghosts can pick and choose over two thousand words out of the dictionary to pick how what they want to communicate with you. Um, I've asked it questions, and um, I actually a good one is I was communicating with my mom. And I knew it was my mom because it said my dad's name. It said Utah, which is where we're from. And it said like Miss and then you and like all this stuff. And that's how I knew who I was talking to. That's an example because that's perfect ovulus session. Okay. It kind of sounds like working with a Ouija board a little bit to me. Yes, I work with those as well, and uh, pendulum boards. Okay, because I've had some really weird things in my teenage years happen with Ouija boards, which I feel like might have <laughs> honestly been a gateway to some of the things that has happened to me in my adult life. But, okay, so they don't scare you, the Ouija boards? No. no. <laughs> okay. No, I've got three of them. Okay. Uh, so Tina, just uh, kind of circling back around to the story about this uh, demon that you were telling, what did this creature entity, what have you, what did it actually look like? Or could you not really tell? Was it just a, a dark kind figure? Of, kind of like a gargoyle. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird looking. How tall was it, roughly? Probably about two feet. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay, so, you know, that kind of, in my mind, again, I'm, I'm not well-versed in ghosts and paranormal, but it kind of seems in line with, like, stories of 
fairies or even like the Kentucky goblins or things like that. Um, so I just, I don't know again, if there's any connection there, just a uh, kind of, kind of the uh, bells going off in my head as you're telling this story. Yeah. The hissing and stuff was interesting because usually you hear growling and you don't hear hissing very often. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. But I heard hissing and growling in the electronic one we're doing right now. <clears throat> That's because they're having, it was built on a uh, Indian burial ground. Mm, that's good. And, and, <laughs> it's already right off and the bat. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then they had built a regular cemetery on it. And wow. then they decided to take all the uh, bodies and stuff and take it to another cemetery. And then <laughs> so they, they built, basically uh, doubled or tripled down on <laughs> negative energy at that point. Yeah. And then they built the Wasa brewery on it. And then when that was knocked down, they built a section eight apartment building on it. So it's uh, all kinds of crazy up in there. Uh, definitely a, 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 liminal, a liminal state, if you will. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a, a lot going on there. there but that kind of brings up a, a theory I've been workshopping, and if our listeners have heard me and Shane's conversations or me and Jenny on any other podcasts, um, you know, just something that I wonder is, it seems like, especially with people who aren't well-versed in the paranormal, Indian burial grounds is just kind of their go-to. And that, that's just a, a quick, easy explanation for people. Oh, well, Indian burial grounds. And I kind of wonder if Indian burial grounds and these megalithic structures and things of that nature, I wonder if these ancient people uh, built these things because there was some sort of strange energy there already. And maybe these things aren't happening because the burial ground is there. Maybe the burial ground is there because strange things were happening before that. I think it was just where the Indians decided to bury their people. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, new men coming in and decided to just take over their land and build whatever they want. And then new people coming in again and building whatever they wanted and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Very cool. Thank you. So when it comes to uh, like the Native American burial grounds, because this is one of those topics that definitely always uh, sparks my interest. Um, do you think that it's could be possibly a thing where you hear a lot about like Native American curses. So maybe it's one of those things that the ground is fine, nothing happens to it, but as soon as somebody digs it up and they start messing with the ground, that's when the curse becomes active and then that's when like the weird stuff starts happening. But theoretically, if they would have left the uh, Native American burial ground as is, didn't, didn't disrupt the dirt, then nothing would have ever sparked up and nothing would have ever happened. Right. Right. But now, you know, they've disturbed it so much that the spirits and everything are just angry. And it's not just the Indian burial grounds that are, you know, the Indians that are mad, but it's also the spirits that got moved to another cemetery. And then there's a lot of accidents at the brewery. So you got to think all those spirits are pissed off. <laughs> 
I think that's really cool what you just said about uh, disrupting the earth. And that's um, a theory that we've kind of all kicked around as well is uh, these entities seem to really not like digging or disrupting the earth and things of that nature. And it seems like all sorts of high strangeness, paranormal activity, even, uh, you know, cryptid UFO sightings tend to happen once people start building things or digging or disrupting the earth. So I think that's a, a really cool thought and a really cool idea. And um, I was stoked to hear you say that. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I, I mean, it's the truth. I had a good question. I was, uh, I brain farted on it. Crap. <laughs> oh, I probably uh, threw you <laughs> off there, Shane. <laughs> no, it had something to do with what you were saying. And then I like lost it for some reason right at the end of it. About the, about the ground. Cause you were saying something last, last week on mine about the, um, I can't remember how you worded it about the, the nature. That's what it was. Nature. That's what I was going to bring okay. up. Um, elemental spirits. There uh, when it comes to people disrupting land, maybe it's not necessarily like the people that were buried there or anything that has to do with people, but it's more so the elemental spirits that get angry that you're, destroying what's naturally supposed to be there and assumably if they're elemental spirits they had some type of contribution to forming it or building it or being a part of it essentially so one you're could be looking at it like you're destroying their work and two you could almost look at it as like you're destroying part of themselves and of course when you do that then everything gets just disrupted and gets angered and then bouncing back into kind of what he was saying about them picking specific lands for specific things uh, maybe it's not necessarily like the land itself but they know that there's an elemental that resides around that area and it actually more so links <laughs> to the ele elemental spirits it's definitely possible definitely possible and another theory i kind of have is i think people want to simplify well all aspects of the paranormal and whatnot but i think it's possible like you said with the uh the demons and the shadow people and just true ghosts poltergeists whatnot i think we're dealing with a lot of different things here and i don't think there's one you know catch-all explanation for any of this and i think a lot of people try to put a square peg into a round hole with a lot of this stuff and oh well this is a ghost or this is a bigfoot or this is an alien and i think the the answer as much as we could hope to find one is much more interconnected and probably much weirder than any one of those things but uh that's just kind of my thoughts on all of this <laughs> Just to add on to that yeah. too, just uh, anything that theoretically has the ability to shapeshift too, it could be like I was kind of mentioning earlier with the shadow people, uh, other things pretending to be other things. And even bouncing back into that, I sometimes wonder if uh, all the things that we're dealing with could essentially just be one type of being or race of like mimics that choose to come across as whatever their heart desires. And everybody creates these folk, the folklore or based around just whatever image these things choose to show themselves as. Or how we perceive them. Or as yeah, how or as we <clears throat> perceive them. <laughs> yeah, um like demons or ill mannered spirits can make you think they're little girls. They do that a lot, make you think they're a child. Um that's happened to me a couple times. You think you hear a little child like with your own ears, and you're like, "Oh, let's go towards it," and it comes into getting bit or scratched. I've gotten scratched at a uh, 
Chamber of Commerce and uh, in the basement. So kind of piggybacking off of uh, what you just said about these things taking the kind of visage of little girls, in my research, something I've come across a lot, and um, John Keel really popularized this idea, is like two of the most common reported, I guess, sounds, for lack of a better term, in paranormal cases are, one, a car door slamming, and two, the sound of a baby crying. So that kind of made me think about, you know, whatever these things, these entities are, they seem to know that the sound of a baby crying is going to have a reaction with human beings. So uh, I just thought that was very cool what you just said. Uh, And it, you know, just again, I think kind of ties into high strangeness and the paranormal across the board. Yeah, it definitely does because they can mimic all kinds of things. I mean, I seen, I think, an episode of uh, a paranormal show where it mimicked music, which is really weird. So uh, another thing kind of adding on to the whole, like, children aspect of it, too, um, something I want to bring to the table is uh, black-eyed children. Uh, like, from your experience... Do you feel that black-eyed children are more of, like, a paranormal thing, or do you think that they're more of, like, an extraterrestrial thing? Uh, because, like, the dark eyes, of course, and the fact that they're coming across as children, it kind of seems like it may have ties theoretically into both, or maybe, again, like, a lot of things, it could be a combination of the two. But do you, have you ever had any experiences um, or have any knowledge on experiences with uh, black-eyed children being linked to the paranormal? Um, once at a bar that we did um it was in the basement and happened around 1 30 in the morning and it actually creeped out my um security guard and he's like six five and like 250 pounds <laughs> and it did freak me out i was like let's go towards it because i always say that i'm like let's go towards the creepy stuff and i like to put people in predicaments I like to choose somebody and lock them in a room. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk away now. <laughs> and I'll go do my investigation, my investigating, and then I'll come back like a half hour later. And one time, one of my investigators were like almost crying. And I'm like, oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so you're the trickster then, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the boss. I got to do something to amuse myself. <laughs> hey, that's the perk of being the boss, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Gotta do something. <laughs> so, um, like, when you go on paranormal investigations and you have people that uh, are a little bit, like, less experienced as far as, like, the paranormal goes, like, you know, your security guard, for example, um, do you do anything yourself to try to, like, help give them an extra bit of, like, protection if they're not necessarily, like, spiritual people to begin with? Yes, I uh, cleanse them and protect them as well. And I showed them how to do it, but, you know, some people just don't understand English. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of those things that, uh, no, no matter how big you are, you you can't fight a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Usually when they have something big happen, they, uh, they call for me. So, except when I lock them in a room by themselves, then they're kind of on their own. 
Oh, <laughs> Tina. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> Got to make well, sure you bring a second, chair of pan, a second pair of pants anytime you go on an investigation yeah. with Tina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they got to learn, you know. I mean, it's also so one of those things, too. Kind of sink or swim education there. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You got to throw them in and teach them that, uh, you know, if yeah. you give them fear, they're going to use that energy and they're going to throw it back at you. But if you learn to stand your ground and not show fear, then they are not they don't have as much energy to pull. and They're not going to be able to do as much against you, because essentially uh, when it comes to like the paranormal, more often than not, their main method of attack is through fear. And when it comes to the physical stuff, you know, it's. There, there's some bigger physical stuff, but more often than not, their main weapon that they're trying to use is fear to try to get you to leave the location yes. or do whatever. So, Yeah, it doesn't work on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I put uh, in a predicament, she's like, seriously? Again? I'm like, yep. And then I'll like shut the door as much as it'll go. One time I really had to push on the door to get it to close to and Alex was not thrilled with it. He's my security guard. He was not thrilled with it. So, um, just one more quick question, if uh, you don't mind me asking, Tina. So, going back to the black-eyed children thing, I remember you saying in the previous story where you had kind of a, a straggler, a hanger-on, what have you, and your eyes turned black, um, do you think there's any kind of connection between what you experienced and uh, I believe you referred to it as a possession and the black-eyed children phenomenon? No. So no, you think the black-eyed children are like just uh, their own kind of entity? Yeah, I think that's just um, older, you know, like residual perhaps. Okay. Or it's just... Uh, a uh, malevolent and I know quite a few people that have been possessed they had black eyes so I think it's two separate things two separate issues I tend to agree sure. with you because um, you know I've heard some people theorize that the black eyed children could almost have a connection to the men in black they seem to behave very similarly uh, you know abruptly show up in the middle of the night you know, don't seem to know how to use normal everyday objects like a pen or a phone or something like that. Uh, so, no, definitely I tend to agree with you. I think uh, when we're talking more about possessions or demons or whatever that actually means, I think that is something different than the, the black-eyed children phenomenon. And I think the black-eyed children is something very weird that uh, we need some more research on. They're MIB yeah. kids, man. <laughs> they got if they're making these things and they're creating them, and they're not some type of like race that's able to like you know repopulate themselves. They got to start off somewhere, and they got to start training them in order to be that weird. Yeah, that's actually feeling, you know. I've heard that theory that like these black eyed children are basically MIBs in training. <laughs> so. My favorite thing is uh, setting up my cell phone while I'm doing an investigation. I'll set up my cell phone on record. And I'll just record in a room that's black and walk away for like an hour. And about 95% of the time, I'll catch orbs. 
Oh, just wow. flying around. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting to me because... It's great. I love it. Orbs seem to have a big connection to a lot of paranormal high strangeness. You know, orbs are reported around Bigfoot activity a lot, of course, with uh, poltergeist ghost type activity, even, uh, you know, UFOs, of course. So um, it seems to me that whatever these orbs are have a lot to do with, again, these connections between different paranormal entities. And I almost wonder if, uh, you know, this is some kind of, yeah, I've heard the, the theory that it's plasma or like just pure, you know, energy, earth, spirit, things of that nature. And I almost wonder if like, uh, that's kind of changing our perception of what these things are. And uh, this energy is just affecting how we perceive whatever this thing is. Yeah, I believe they're like entities, spirits. Stuff and like that. I don't think... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, just uh, that really uh, perked something in my head. Um, I've heard a lot of accounts of these orbs seeming to be under like intelligent control. They're not random. They don't just float around. It's not a light or an illusion or no, anything like that. Very, they're very intelligent. Mm -hmm. They move wherever they want to move. They can go into people, like shoot them into people and you can feel oh, like wow. a touch or something. Um, so do you get the impression that these orbs are controlling themselves or do you think they're controlled by some outside influence? I think it's themselves. Very cool. I've watched a lot of my videos and it seems to be they control themselves. Okay. Because that's something I've always wondered in these reports I've heard of orbs is, are they doing this themselves or is it like a drone almost? But uh, no, that's that's really cool. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to hear more about all that. Yeah. So uh, since last time we talked, I know that you said that you had been doing a bunch of uh, investigations that you'd had uh, permission to go and do because they were like, you know, historical sites, different things like that. Um, if you'd like to, I'd okay. like to get into some of those uh, locations, uh, what you may have experienced at those lo at those locations, and maybe some of the, a little bit of the backstory of those locations on like why they're haunted in the first place. Okay, let me get my notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> I've done over, I've done over like, let's see, I've done over twelve or thirteen investigations since I've seen you. Just in Delavan for the ghost tour. So it's been crazy. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess if you don't want to go through all 13 of them, uh, which ones were, I guess, some of your uh, personal favorites or, you know, ones that you had oh, okay. the most activity at? So we went to Amanda's house, which is uh, Lissa's sister, actually. And it stays right downtown Delavan, which is where my tour is. And we places for us to go to. So we went there and we went to her apartment. Oh my gosh. And uh, we decided that we were going to start. Uh, our friend Doug was helping. And he started in the basement, listed the second you know, on the main floor, and then I was going to do the top floor. <laughs> well, Doug 
and Amanda decided to help with the top floor. And we all went up there and we started doing our you know, investigation and Doug noticed that one of the closets had a lot of EMF readings and the ovulus was throwing off a bunch of words. So I decided I was going to lock him in there. <laughs> so I locked him in there and he started. <laughs> You're a wild woman, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> so I locked him in there. And all you could hear him saying was like, oh, geez. Oh, geez. And then, like, you just got real quiet all of a sudden. I started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. And then uh, I went into the little bathroom. And I'm hissing, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the EVP recorder out. And all I hear is, get out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I didn't get out, obviously. <laughs> so I went into the kitchen. <laughs> so I went into the kitchen, and the EMF was, like, really high. It was, uh, like... 90 or uh, I think it was like a hundred and uh, I tried doing EVPs in the ovulus it didn't work so I got Doug out of the closet <laughs> and he wasn't too happy with me huh. he got some EVPs that were pretty good talking about like the house and the history and you were talking about a girl and uh, it said uh, kidnapped on it. and Oh, wow. Uh, so we went into the kitchen area, and it had, like, a door that led down to the yard. And the EMF reader went crazy again, so I put him back into the stairway. And <laughs> I put him in the stairway, and I shut the door and left him in there. <laughs> and... He was not happy with me, but I didn't care. And then me and Amanda laughed and went into the bedrooms. And I got him out of there like 20 minutes later. And he just had like this blank stare on his face. He said nothing happened except for the EMF spiking and hearing knocking in threes, which is the knock of Trinity. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So we all went into the living room area and I sat down uh, Indian style on the floor and then they all sat like right next to me. They didn't want to sit across the room or anything. They sat like right next to me. Like almost on my lap. <laughs> and I got out the oven and I was saying stuff like, you know, Upstairs, kitchen, bathroom. And then all of a sudden, Amanda gets, like, shanked. And she jumped up and went running downstairs. And me and Doug were just sitting there like, uh, uh what happened? <laughs> and then we seen a shadow go across the wall by the vent. And then Doug's like, I'm getting out of here. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I did a EVP I did a EVP session by my house and there was growling and hissing. So we ended up going in the basement and I did some history on the house 
got hold of the landlord and could find out there was a child that got kidnapped and held in the basement. Wow. And uh, was handcuffed to the table that was bolted down in the basement that no one had ever taken out. Oh. It was the same table she was handcuffed to. And the guy had broken up the cement in the basement and made like a crater. And it would fill up with water and he would put her in water and like almost drowning her and stuff. And they never fixed it. So we heard the little girl in the EVPs. It was just really sad. That is so sad. It's like a little yeah. torture dungeon down there and they but left all the components of, the, of it. <laughs> Yeah, it was really a hard investigation, but it was also funny because I kept putting Doug in permit agreements <laughs> that he did not like at all. So the moral of the story is, is don't go on a ghost hunt with Tina. You get locked in a closet. Yeah, you're going to be locked in the broom cupboard like you're Harry Potter. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> You want to try ghost hunting, anybody? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say no thanks because um, my cousin locked me in a in a uh, pantry closet of uh, his mother's haunted uh, plantation house, and uh, I'm still not quite over that. So, nope. <laughs> You're perfect for the uh, Phantom Paranormal team. <laughs> Have to oh, put Jenny on, on the payroll there, Tina. The <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you to the theater. See how you get. Um, let's see we did um, a place called uh, Freedom Hall and there had been a murder there two of the kitchen staff had gone upstairs and murdered the owner stabbed him to death over 21 times and I did the uh investigation there and I got the owner that said they killed me and then the suspects actually said I killed them. Oh wow. So that one was very interesting. And then when we were doing it the cook like kept coming around but he wasn't acting like himself like when we first met him. Like, my guy, my security guard had to leave, and I went in the basement, and I turned around, and the guy was just, like, standing there in the dark looking at me. It was really creepy, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. Did you end up uh, talking to him after? Like, was he aware that he was doing this? Yeah, I talked to him uh, at the next bar that uh, we did for them. Which is cattails. Uh, so, so was he was he aware of the fact that he was doing this, or did he almost have like that that blank out where he had no idea and didn't remember that he was doing weird, creepy he, things? He had no idea, no idea whatsoever. It was kind of like just a blank moment for him. He was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." Did you uh? <clears throat> Ever, did you end up like like clearing him or anything like that? Um, or like what was it just like it, it took kicked in, maybe it was trying to kind of get you guys to leave and then it like tapered off after? Like where where did his like uh memory yeah. like recollect yeah. from? 
it just tapered off because we left. They didn't want us there. At all, actually. Uh, we had a pan fall. It was pretty crazy. So then the uh, the second location that you guys... Yeah, those are the fun ones. The, uh, the uh, second location that you guys uh, investigated for them that that cook happened to be at also... Uh, was there anything that happened similar to that? Like maybe he was like a conduit or something, or do you think that they just kind of took advantage of what have whatever happened to be in front of them at that time? Um, there's nothing weird that happened at Cattails. So I mean, it was very interesting to see the difference between uh, Fred the Cook from Freedom Hall and Fred the Cook at Cattails. It was complete difference. So, uh, is there any more of your uh, more recent ones that have had some uh, very interesting activity that you'd like to share? Uh, let's see. Well, the one I work in line I talked to you about, because I'm having a lot of activity there. <coughs> um, there's actually a, uh, let's see, get my notes here. I've been working on this one for days and days and days and days. And we figured out that there's actually a, a kidnapping there that happened with a woman that got kidnapped by a male. And you can hear them arguing all the time. Like, let me go. No, no, no. And you hear the man yelling at her. And then you hear him without the woman. And you can hear the banging and him screaming violently like he's swinging an axe or like a baseball bat or something like that. And uh, there's many pictures that I have that show um, figures. And then there's a couple pictures I have that show, I don't know if you guys know what a Wendigo is. Oh, the Wendigo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually a, one of yeah. few people who actually yeah. have a Wendigo encounter. <laughs> yeah, there's one there. Oh, wow. And we've actually got, got a couple pictures of it. So um, we've got to take care of that when we go up there. And that's going to be very, uh, very difficult to get rid of. So... And, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Then we've got a bunch. Then we've got a bunch of uh, angry spirits there that want, like, basically, they're territorial. They want everybody out. So this uh, Wendigo that you say you uh, have captured photos of, does it look like you know the traditional description with the you know the antlers and um, yes, you know the bloody mouth and all that? Yeah, it's. Uh, very skeleton-like, too. Um, you could see the way it's shaped. Um, and it's facing one way. And then the next picture, it's, it's facing the other way. It's very interesting. Um, it's like it flipped real quick. Hmm. Trying to get out of the view of the camera. Wow. That's really and interesting. And it's... It showed itself to her, and then it showed up on the thermal cam. Wow. And on the thermal cam, could you like clearly make out the the silhouette, the, the antlers and all that? You could see um, it's like a side view. 
-hmm. and you could see what it is if you know what a Wendigo is. That's awesome. Wendigo I've never weather. actually uh, <laughs> talked to someone who had a Wendigo experience. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it freaked her out, but it. <laughs> I bet it didn't you freak you out. <laughs> No, I thought it was cool. <laughs> so did Liz. So did Liz, but so did Liz, but the person that lives there did not. <laughs> yeah, if a Wendigo is in my house, I probably yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. think that was too cool either. I say you, that's one <laughs> yeah. of those things you got to be super it's, duper careful with, especially having like the pictures and everything of them, because uh, going by you know the folklore of it, uh, they say that if you sit, if you mention them, if you talk about them, and particularly if you reference them three times by saying their name that they will come and you're essentially attracting them. And uh, if you're taking pictures of them, you're like entrapping part of part of them where now you have like a solid image of them that they're able to like essentially use to project themselves into the other electronic. places. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Electronically. Yep. Um, luckily for me, <clears throat> we did protection spells, so we don't have to worry about that. So that's that's lucky for us. <laughs> There's ways around it when you know what you're doing. Luckily. But there's people that aren't smart about it. They just do what they want to do and don't believe and end up regretting it. Yeah, especially messing with something like that. That's like uh more than just like a spirit it's like uh like a tortured elemental spirit that it's just a whole other yep. ballpark you know <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah and that's uh kind of something we uh halfway joke around about here is that uh, you know a lot of this stuff you can open the door but at some point you have no control over what's walking through that door once you've opened it yeah and it's to shut the door once you've opened it it's hard to shut it right yeah and you have people you know like tiktok trends and stuff like that people going out and i think opening things up that first off they have no business opening up second off they don't protect themselves to do it and what do you do with that you know it's just like with Ouija boards. If you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. and you don't close it right, you just opened a whole jar of problems. Yes, I think I did that when I was about 18. So, yes, I am aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those could be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. See, I almost and wonder if things like the TikTok trend and like Ouija boards being like mass produced are an intentional thing. Like there's mm -hmm. darker powers at, at, be, at will that are trying to... Uh, essentially open up these multiple different ways for them to come into this reality all over the place. And they full well know that people aren't educated on these things. And that's why they're putting them as TikTok trends. So everybody's trying to do it just to be fun and be funny, not realizing that they're essentially opening up all these doorways for these other things to come through all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't agree yes. with you more. And, you know, Shane, yeah. kind of piggybacking off of that, the analog version of that to me is selling Ouija boards in Walmart or whatever, you know, yep. like next to Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> and just make I it mean, look like it's a normal just, household game. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think. Um, and the worst th part about it, though, is it says eight and up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You only have well, to be eight to conjure demons. 
Just so everybody you're a grown knows. man, then you're good. <laughs> exactly. You can go into Walmart. You can buy one game and own Boardwalk and Park Place, <laughs> or you can summon demons. Your choice. <laughs> hey, Tommy, what game do you want? I want a Ouija board. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, I think kind of the thing about the whole Ouija board aspect is I think you absolutely can talk to something, but I think, you know, you generally have no control over what you're actually talking to. And you, uh, you know, kind of what I joke around about is you might think you're talking to your aunt Sally or some old civil war general or something, but you could be talking to a demon that's just telling you it's that. So yeah, uh, like you said, once you open that Pandora's box, uh, you don't really know what you're dealing with. Yeah. You could be talking to like the demon spawn and you really think you're talking to grandma. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The demon spawns pretending to be grandma. That's even scarier one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're uh, running at about about an hour and a, hour and fifteen or so. So uh, I guess we'll start wrapping it up at this point. And uh, if there's any information that you'd like to share, if anybody would like to uh, you know come and come to to you for uh, an investigation, or you know if anybody would like to share their stories or anything, uh, where can they come and find all of your uh, paranormal investigations and find you at? Um, well, I've got, uh, WW, wait, HTTP, the dot slash slash Tina Janinga dot com slash Phantom Paranormal. And then you can find my group on Facebook. It's just Phantom Paranormal. And then I've got Instagram, Phantom Paranormal 53115. And then I've got. Uh, I think that's it for that for now. And of course, but, uh, for all the posting. listeners, I'll add it down in the description bar too. If you don't want to uh, find it that way, at least I'll make a quick and easy link for you guys. Yeah, it's uh, if you want to get a hold of me for uh, paranormal, my phone number is also two six two three seven nine four nine eight zero. Awesome. We uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on to the show today. And this has definitely been an interesting conversation. And uh, hopefully people will come and contact you for some paranormal investigation. But hopefully they uh, won't be on the other side and get locked into a closet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why not? It's fun. (laughs) You don't want to believe in stuff? You're going to go all the way in. (laughs) Whether you want to or not. But no, thank you, Tina. Um, I think I've learned a lot tonight. Uh, like I said, um, I don't know a whole lot about the ghost side of things. So uh, hearing all your stories and accounts uh, has been really interesting to me. And I feel like I've learned a lot. So thank you. Yeah, me as well. Oh, that welcome. was that was a lot of fun. Anytime. Just get a hold of me. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. All right. Thanks. That was definitely, definitely a great interview. And, uh, If anybody is interested in sponsoring the show, or if you feel there's anything you can contribute to the show whatsoever, be it a story, be it that you want to come on the show, anything like that, feel free to contact us. Uh, The best way to do that is through Instagram. Uh, You can also email us at uh, bizarreencounters at outlook.com. If you don't want to have to type all of that out, there is a submission form on our link tree. So you can go right up to the top, fill out the information, send us an email, and uh, 
Keep a lookout for when we reply. More often than not, it seems like our stuff seems to go to the spam or junk folder, so keep an eye out there. Uh, we do reply to every email we get, so you will get a response. It's just a matter of looking for it and making sure it doesn't get lost in your inbox. And for if whatever reason we don't get back to you, please double send us the email because uh, we want to make sure that we're able to get everything through and we're able to get in contact with you guys because by no means would we ever not respond to you guys. So uh, everything that we've mentioned, all available uh, on the link tree. Uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters or make it quick and easy for yourself. Uh, go down to the show description and you'll find a link to every single thing that we've mentioned. And uh, till next week, guys, stay bizarre. 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 bizarre.